You are listening to the official podcast of Salem Tabernacle in Beacon, New York. A community of people devoted to experiencing life as God meant it to be. All right. All right. I'm going to get to work because I have some work to do today. And then we're going to pray for some folk and God's going to move in an amazing way. Are you ready? Um, let's go to, um, actually, I'm going to start backwards. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 1 through 3, and then we have two other passages of Scripture. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, and a big shout out to Pastor Bill for hooking a brother up with a large print Bible. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 6. Um, Therefore, let us go on towards perfection, leaving behind the basic teachings about Christ. And now he's, the author of Hebrews is going to enumerate those basic teachings. Uh, not laying again the foundation, repentance from dead works, and faith towards God, instructions about baptisms, notice plural, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Now, what, what this is actually a, um, a parenthetical statement. So where it says in verse one, therefore leaving the principle, uh, therefore let us go on to perfection, leaving behind the basic teachings of Christ. You could actually put a parenthesis there, and you could close the parenthesis at where it says um, at the end of verse two and eternal judgment. So the verse could literally read, therefore let us go on to perfection, and then you can leave out everything that's in the parenthesis and go to verse three, and it says, and we will do this. If God permits. So we're, we can go on to perfection or maturity if God permits. If we get the basic things right. If we get the structure and the foundation right. And I'm going to be zeroing in on, on instructions about baptisms, plural. Let's go to Luke chapter 3, verse 16 and 21 and 22. Luke chapter 3. Verse 16, Matthew, Mark, Luke, right. If you're at Malachi, you need to come back. You've gone a little too far. Three, verse 16, and that reads, John answered all of them saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Then, We will go to verse 21. Now, when all the people were baptized, water baptism, and when Jesus had also been water baptized and was praying, the heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And the voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. Then the last passage of scripture, and then you can be seated. You don't have to stand again until I'm finished. John chapter 20. Verses 21 and 22. So Jesus is water baptized. Holy Spirit descends. Um, We can go on to maturity if God permits, if we get the foundational things right. Um, And then John chapter 20, verses 20, uh, verse 21. Uh, Let's see. Jesus said unto them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. How did the Father send him? With a supernatural birth. A supernatural birth. And Jesus says to his disciples, as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. I want you to have a supernatural birth. Lord, Open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Holy Spirit, I thank you because you are here. Thank you that somebody's life is going to be radically changed today. They're going to be empowered through your spirit. Speak clear. Touch hearts. Help us to get our heads out of the way so our hearts can receive what it is you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to, to talk on this subject, 
Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? There's there's some things that can be true, but they're not real to you. Some things are true, but they're not real to you. There are some things that exist, but are not your reality. There is Wi-Fi in this church. You may not be tapped into it. But simply uh, not being tapped into it does not suggest that Wi-Fi doesn't exist. Your experience is limited. God exists, but the reality of many people knowing God on a personal level is not there. The Holy Spirit is God. Jesus' ministry on earth is continued through the Holy Spirit. John 14 and 16, you can jot that down. Jesus says, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you. Forever, that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. He says in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will will come to you. I want you to pay attention to the word another in that passage of scripture. In the Greek, there are two possible words for this Greek, uh, for this one word, another. The first is the Greek word allos. And the second is the Greek word heteros. The word allos means one of the very same kind, same character, same everything. The other is the word heteros, meaning one of a different kind or one of a different character. It's where we get the word heterosexual from. The Greek word that Jesus is using is the word allos. That the Holy Spirit emphatically would be like Jesus in every way. And it it conveys a strong message about the Holy Spirit. He wanted wanted his disciples to know and he wants us to know that the Holy Spirit will be like him. That Jesus, except in this respect, the Holy Spirit's leadership would be invisible rather than Jesus' leadership who was visible. In John chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, let's go there if you have that. You're going to use your Bibles a lot this morning because I need to build your faith up. John chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. He talks about the importance of the Holy Spirit because what he wants us to do, he wants us to move from being people of need to people of resource. To move from being people of need to people of resource. So John chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. John chapter 4. All right. Verses 13 and 14. And that passage of scripture reads, uh, Jesus says to the woman who is at the well, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will be in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. I'm going to give you water and you're going to move from being a person of need to a person of resource, the water that I give is going to be in you and something that springs up out of you. Go over to John, uh, flip over to chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried, let anyone who is thirsty come to me. You ever met any thirsty people? Jesus says, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. A lot of people are going to a lot of places trying to satisfy a thirst, excuse me, and quench a thirst that only Jesus can feel. Oftentimes, people mistake uh, symptoms of dehydration with hunger. And people are going and trying to satisfy themselves with, with, with so many different things. It's sort of like drinking salt water thinking you're going to get hydrated. It ultimately leaves you empty. But let me tell you, there is nobody and nothing that can satisfy you like the presence of God. Jesus says, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. And here's what I love because he says this. And let the one who believes in me drink. Some passage says, uh, um, and, and those who believe in me uh, believe in me, let them come and drink. Here's what he says. He didn't say understand. He said, those who believe in me. If any is thirsty, let him come to me and and drink. This is something 
that is not predicated on understanding. It's on belief. Then he said, out of your belly, first the water goes in, now it's coming out. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And John's going to help us understand what he's saying. Now, he said this about the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, which believers in him were to receive. For as yet there was no Spirit for, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Jesus says, he that believes on me as the Scripture has said, if you believe on him, God has something for you that will move you from a person of need to a person of resource. I don't know about you, but I've made up my mind I want everything that God has for me. I want everything that God has for me. And one of the biggest challenges that we have to do is get our head out of the way. Is, is to get our head out of, out of the way and open up our hearts to God. Because there are some things that, that you can't receive from God. Some, 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 some things you can't experience until you get your head out of the way. There are some, some insights, some things that God wants to say to us until we yield our hearts to God and move our heads out of the way. Jesus said, whosoever believes on me, out of their belly will flow. Will flow. I believe God wants Salem to get in the flow like never before. To get in the flow of the Holy Ghost. Jesus tells his disciples this. Believe on me as the scripture has said. Not, not, as, not, as, not as tradition. Tradition is good. If it's particularly built on scripture. Not as hearsay. One of the problems is that we live in the most biblically illiterate society ever in this generation. We have more access to the word of God, which points us to Jesus than any other generation. More readily available, and we know less of God's word. FaceTime sent me, or, or my iPhone sent me a notification about how much screen time I had this week, and it was down. And I was like, yes, I am delivered. <laughs> but, but I want to ask you, how much screen time have you given your word? Jesus said, you got to believe on me as the scripture has said, because what God wants to do in your life is going to be built on what you believe about him in the word. Believe on me as the scripture has said, and out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. That's why it's important for me. I'm just moving a little different today. I'm showing you what the scripture has said. And just watch how God responds to your faith. Jesus told his disciples that as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Jesus was sent in the world with a supernatural birth to change the world. The Holy Spirit was sent into the world to change us. And we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We're to go into all the world and touch lives. But we can't do it apart from the Holy Spirit. The disciples walked with Jesus for three years, heard him teach, saw him do miracles, and he told his, he told his disciples, I want you all to wait. I want you to wait because where I'm sending you and the work that is in front of you, you are going to need the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Go to Luke 24, verse 46. Luke 24, verse 46. Your finger's going to get a workout today or that app, that screen time is going to go up today. Luke 24, 46. You must be a prophet. <laughs> verse 46. Actually, we can go to verse 44. Then he said this to them. These are my words that I spoke with you while I was still with you. Uh, that everything was written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened up their minds to understand the scriptures. And so you're going to read the scriptures, but you need Jesus to open up your mind to understand the scriptures. I, I'm telling you, I work in, 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 in academia, and I know folks who I'm talking about, like, know the Bible. They know the Bible, but they don't know Jesus. They know the Bible, but they don't know Jesus. And, and we have to come humbly and say, Lord, open up my understanding. 
opened up my understanding to the scriptures. And he did this, and he goes on, he says, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and uh, um, forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses. Witnesses are people who see something, who say something, and who are willing to suffer for what they have said of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. I'm sending upon you what my father promised. He said, but so stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I'm going to send you what the father has promised, and you're going to be clothed to wait on God. The disciples had to wait for God's spirit to be poured out on them. We don't have to wait anymore. You all, you, you, you sang the words of that song today that God is unchangeable. And, and God is immutable, and what God has done, God is continuing to do. God is still pouring out his spirit today. God is still pouring out his spirit today. And God want to pour out his spirit on somebody in this room today in a way that they have never experienced before. In a way that you have never experienced before. I know you're smart. I know you got a good education, but the devil is not intimidated by a degree. I know you, you make a lot of money, but let me tell you, the enemies are not intimidated by money. You need the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. You need the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. We need to bring the Holy Ghost back to church and let the Holy Ghost move. I told God, I, you know, you, you show up in my sermons and your presence begin to manifest. What you're saying to me is I don't need your notes anymore. Close them up. I'm here. When you show up, you're saying to me, I am here. We need to let the Holy Spirit have his way. We need to let the Holy Spirit have his way. Not just in the church, but in your life, in your heart. In your heart, you need to open up and say, God, I don't, I don't understand everything. I don't understand everything, but, but I, just, I just sense you're talking to me. And I want everything that you have for me. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. I know you know Scripture, and so does the enemy. You also need the power of the Holy Ghost. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. Let's keep on going. Let's go over to the companion book of Luke. Let's go to Acts. And we're going to take a quick walk through here. And then I'm going to tell you some, a few stories of how I've seen God touch people in an amazing way. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Actually, verse, let's go to verse 6. Here's the disciples. They've been waiting in Jerusalem. And uh, Jesus is about to ascend to the Father. And he says this. Um, the disciples asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? They were always concerned about political power. Valid concern. They had lived under oppression. As I said yesterday, every book of the Bible was written under oppression. Every book of the Bible. So they, they were familiar with oppression. And the disciples were concerned. And they were concerned about Israel. And they were concerned about uh, political power. And they said, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus said, it's not for, you, not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set aside by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses, a person who sees something. A person who testifies about what they've seen and a person who is willing to suffer for what they have said. A person who goes on the stand to testify, you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. Jesus said, y'all are going to be my witnesses. You all are going to go into all the world. You're going to get boldness. You're going to get power to go into all the world. And you're going to tell the world what you have seen, what you have heard, and you're going to be willing to suffer for what you have seen because you know in whom you believe. I'm convinced that a lot of people don't have anything to say to the world because they haven't seen anything. They haven't seen the power of God moving in a service. They haven't seen people healed. They haven't seen yokes destroyed and bondages broken in people's life. And so they have no testimony to tell people. They're not able to say, I know you're struggling with that, but let me tell you about sister so-and-so who was in our church. That God delivered and set free. And God is no respecter of persons. If he did it for her, he can do it for you. If he did it for her, he can do it for you. The Holy Ghost will come upon you. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit so that we can have life 
not have church. He sent the Holy Spirit so we can have life, not just have church. We're supposed to go out into the world and change the world, but we cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. God needs some spirit-filled folks walking, walking, in, um, walking, walking on Wall Street. God needs some spirit-filled folk in every, every sector of business. God needs spirit-filled people in entertainment and in music. God needs people in academia. God needs people everywhere. We all are in full-time ministry. We're just in different locations. We all are in full-time. You all, we all are called to full-time ministry. But God needs us to open ourselves up and say, Lord, I want your power. I want your Holy Spirit. I want to be saturated. That was the word God gave me in prayer this morning. I want, I want to be saturated in the Holy Spirit. There is a difference. Thank you. That was prophetic. There is a difference in me taking a sip of water. The water went in me. But what God wants us to do is to get pushed into the pool of the Holy Spirit. That's a huge difference. So many of you have oh, tasted and seen that the Lord is good. But what God want to do in your life, he want to push you all the way into the Holy Spirit so you are totally saturated with his power. I'm getting, I'm getting this stirring in my spirit because I feel like there are some people who are ready to take a dip. I mean, you want to go all the way into the Holy Ghost. I want everything that the Holy Ghost has for me. I want everything that God has for me. Why do you need the Holy Spirit? You need the Holy Spirit because you'll never be able to have the level of impact in the world that God wants you to have without him. The Holy Spirit is the agent of truth and life and transformation. Now, don't confuse the work of the Holy Spirit with the response of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you see people shout, you see some people scream, you see some people tears fall down their, uh, down their face. You may see, even see some people who are slain in the Holy Spirit. That's their response to the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you touch a live wire, you're going to feel something. But he, he's come to do a work in our lives. How does the Holy Spirit help you in your everyday life? To do God's will. To, to, address research, to address sin and transgression in our life. To give us courage and faith to actually do God's will. We're going to read in Acts that the promise of the Holy Spirit, it was a promise not just for us, but it was for our, it, it's, it's a matter of legacy. It was for us and our children and our children's children. I want everything and everybody connected with me to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Every, everybody, my, my niece called me uh, some mornings and she'll say, what, 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 were you, what, what are you doing? I don't know why she has this thing. She feels the need to call me and wake me up at 8.30. <laughs> and I've been up since 6. And she said, I'm just calling, I'm just calling to wake you up. What, what, what were you doing? I said, oh, I was, just, I was just praying in the Holy Ghost. She said, praying in the Holy Ghost? And she'll just start chuckling. I said, yeah, and you're going to do it one day too. I'm just prophesying over a life. You, you, you're going to do it too because the promise is unto me and to my children, to, my, to everything that's connected to me. God wants his church to be filled. One of the, one of the, another important reason why God wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit is because when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, God gives us a supernatural prayer language. A supernatural prayer language. Um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 and 2 that those who speak in an unknown tongue, you're not speaking to each other. You're speaking to God. And in the spirit, nobody understands you because you're speaking divine mysteries, secrets, and plans, the supernatural prayer language. In fact, Paul says later in, in, in chapter 14 that it's not even coming from your head. It's coming from your spirit. So I don't even know what I'm saying when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm speaking in tongues. And people around me don't even know what I'm saying, but God knows what I'm saying. It's, it's sort of like a, 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 an, an encrypted prayer all the way up to God. The enemy can't even understand it. Um, you, anybody heard of the Navajo Code Talkers? The, the, the Marine Corps recruited Navajo Code Talkers in 1941 and 42 to fight against the Germans and Japanese during World, World War II. And Native Americans transmitted battle messages in their tribal tongues. They developed and, and memorized a special code that made the difference between winning and losing the war. 
And it affected how many lives were lost. And so they were using handheld radios. Uh, sometimes the messages were bro- broadcast over wide areas. Other times it was using uh, a, a, um, amongst a small group. But that concept, that, that's, what, that's what praying in tongues is about. The enemy do not know what you're doing. You don't even know what you're doing, so you can't even mess this up. This is between you and God. There, yeah, yeah, that's a good place to praise him right there. That's, I'm telling you. I've prayed for some stuff and then messed it up because I got my hands into it. But God, there are some things that God want to do in your life that he don't even want. He don't even trust you to know what he's going to do. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, I will pray with my spirit in the spirit, but my mind is unfruitful. My understanding, my head don't even know what I'm saying because it's my spirit is praying. I'm praying by the Holy Spirit. Now, there was a study that was done at UPenn. I'm just going to hold this up and I'll read it to you so you all don't think I'm making this up. Because I know there's some intellectuals in the room. Pen medicine. I'll just read a little bit from the study. And this study is on the language center of the brain. The language center of the brain is not under the control of subjects who speak in tongues. Y'all spent all this money for this research, and I could have told you that the language center is not (laughs) under control. Because the Bible says it's not your head, it's your spirit where this language is coming from. Galosalea, otherwise referred to as speaking in ton- tongues, has been around for thousands of years, and reference to it can be found in the Old and New Testament. Um, let me see. Researchers at the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine have discovered decreased activity in the frontal lobes, an area of the brain associated with being in control of oneself. The pioneering study involved functional imaging of the brain while subjects were speaking in tongues. Let me get to the... Um, get to the results. We noticed a change that occurs normally. Uh, We noticed a number of changes that occurred functionally in the brain, commented principal investigator Andrew Newberg, associate professor of radiology, psychology, and religious studies. Our findings of decreased activity in the frontal lobes during the practice of speaking in tongues is fascinated because these subjects truly believe that the Spirit of God is moving through them and controlling them to speak. Our brain imaging research shows that these subjects are not in control of the usual language centers during this activity, which is consistent with the description of their lack of intentional control while speaking in tongues. It's not coming from your head. It's coming from your spirit. It's not coming from your head. It's coming from your spirit. The Holy Ghost will give you encrypted prayers to pray to God. That plans, secrets, and mysteries that God has for your life, that God has for your church. If you just take some time and pray in the Holy Ghost, God will do some great things in your life. And God wants everybody in this room to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He wants everybody in the room to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You can look that study up. Um, it came out in 20, 2006. Paul said, I will pray. My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Jude 1 verse 20 says, you building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, I'm edifying my spirit. Sometimes my spirit gets weak. Sometimes life wears me down. But when I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, I build my spirit up. It's like I I put a, a, it's like I energize it like a battery. You ever went outside and, and you left your lights on? You didn't need to get a whole new car. You just needed to energize the battery. What the battery is to the car is what your spirit is to you. Sometimes you just, needed to, you just need to be energized by the Holy Ghost. How do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Let's take a walk through the book of Acts, and then I'm going to pray for some people. Because I feel the Holy Spirit moving in the room. I really, really do. Acts chapter 2. Jesus breathes on his disciples. Receive the Holy Ghost. I want you to come alive. I want you to come alive. I want you to receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, that's not the first time that God breathed on an object and the object became alive. In Genesis, the invisible God breathes in Adam. And Adam becomes a living soul. God in flesh is breathing on his disciples and tell them, receive you the Holy Ghost. In in John chapter 20, the disciples are inhaling the Holy Ghost. Just do that for me. Just take a breath in. Yeah, you're inhaling the spirit, the breath, and the wind of God right now. Just do it again. Just take a breath in by faith. Just inhale the presence of God. Let me show you where they exhaled. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. 
When the day of Pentecost had come, they waited for 50 days. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together. This is 120 in the upper room, both men and women, because God was going to use the Holy Spirit to break down some gender division, some walls of division. Men and women did not pray in the same place, but when the Holy Spirit is is poured out upon us, walls that have normally divided us in society and in religious institutions, the Holy Spirit is able to break them down. They were all together in one place at the same at the same time, and suddenly there came from uh, from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among each of them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you say that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit? Say that with me. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. I wonder what Salem would look like. If everybody was filled with the Holy Spirit, I wonder what your house would look like if everything that's connected to you that lives with you was filled with the Holy Spirit. I wonder what this city would look like if everybody was filled with the Holy Spirit. God did it before and he wants to do it again. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the ability. They began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them ability. They were in prayer. As they're in prayer, the Holy Ghost comes upon them. They begin to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And notice, they begin to speak as the Spirit gave them the ability. He gave them the ability. They spoke. Anybody in this room speak a second language? I need a volunteer. It's going to be easy. It's going to be easy. It's going to be easy. What, What language do you speak? Spanish. Could you just stand up for a second? I want you to take a look at me. And I would like for you to describe what I'm wearing in English. In English? Yes. Brown sweater and a pair of Okay. Okay, that's fine. That's exactly what I'm asking you to do. Now, however, however, it take, however long it takes you, can you describe what I'm wearing in Spanish? Okay. Okay, keep going. Okay. What about my shoes? Okay. Let me ask you something. I do not. I do not. No, I don't. Who gave you the ability to speak English? Who gave you the ability to speak Spanish? Okay. Did God just speak Spanish for you? But did God just speak Spanish for you right then? Or did you speak Spanish? Okay, he gave you the ability, you spoke Spanish. Who gave you the ability to speak English? But you just spoke out what I was wearing in English. He gives you the ability, you do the talking. God's going to give you the ability, and you're going to speak in other tongues. He's not going to force you. He's going to give you the ability, and you are going to do it. The very same way she stood up and went from English to Spanish. And I'm back in English. He gives me the the ability. Well, he was faking. Was she faking? No. The same God that gave you the ability to speak English is the same God that's going to give you the ability to speak in tongues. He's going to give you the words, but you're going to do the talking. He's going to give you the ability, but you're going to do the talking. I'm telling you, get your head out of the way. 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 All of them were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak in tongues in a prayer session. Go over to Acts chapter 8. Let me show you the the next time this happened. Philip goes down to Samaria, and he preaches Christ. Do you remember when Jesus met a woman at the well, a Samaritan woman at the well? And and she went and, and witnessed, and the Bible says that the whole city was saved. They had a great revival, but something was lost in between there. Because Philip had to go back to Samaria and preach Christ. And he goes to Samaria and he preaches Christ. And there was great healings. Look at verse 7. For unclean spirits cried with loud shrieks. It came out of many people who were possessed. And many others who were paralyzed or lame were cured. So there was great joy in the city. Whenever whenever you preach Jesus in the city, there always ought to be joy. Some Christians make it hard to be a Christian. Because they're just always so sad. And I just wonder, have you really heard about Jesus? Because Jesus will give you joy. 
joy unspeakable and full of glory. Jesus will give you joy. That one line in the song that said, for every valley that you use to strengthen me. Good God, I was thinking about the things that God has brought me through, and I've got joy because he strengthened me. No experience in your life is going to go wasted. Not one. God's going to use those tears that you're crying. I promise you, God's going to give you joy for those things. Look at verse 14. Actually, actually actually verse 9. Now a certain man, Simon, had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he was some, someone great. All of them, from the least to the greatest, listened to him eagerly, saying, this man, is the great, uh, this man is the power of God that is called great. Like, he was going around like he was some great wonder. He was into sorcery. And they listened eagerly to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, when they believed Philip like you have the opportunity to do right now. See, 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 uh, truth has a ring to it. You can always know when, God is, when God's talking to you because there's something called sympathetic resonance. Uh, if there was two grand pianos on this piano and, and, and the brother that was up here on the piano, if he began to, if he began to press the, the, the middle C, if the two pianos are tuned to the same frequency without anybody being on the other piano, the, the middle C string will begin to vibrate because they're tuned into the same frequency. This is what happened when Mary was told by the angel that she is going to carry the Lord Jesus Christ, and she became pregnant with the Holy Ghost, and the angel said, and your cousin Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that when Mary got in the presence of John and Elizabeth, that the babies who were on the same frequency begin to jump in her belly. If if God is speaking to you, there ought to be something on the inside of you right now that's, that's beginning to vibrate, that's saying, I want all that God wants for me. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said. Philip goes down and preached Christ. The sorcerer had people spellbound. But the Holy Ghost knows how to break every spell that people have in your life. Some people need to get delivered from witchcraft. Some people need to get delivered from psychics. You don't need no psychic. You need the Holy Ghost. But when Philip, but they, when they believe... Uh, Believe Philip, who was proclaiming the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. They were baptized, both men and women. There's a water. Even Simon himself believed after being baptized, he stayed constantly with Philip and was amazed when he saw the signs and great miracles that took place. When the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. You can't buy the Holy Ghost. They told him, your money perish with you. You can't buy the Holy Ghost. You, you thought you had a part in this? No, 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 no. You can't buy the Holy Ghost. But I want you to see that when Peter and John came and laid their hands on them, they, be, they received the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says when Simon saw, what did he see? He saw people speaking in the other tongues. He saw them get with a supernatural ability to speak in a language that, that they had never learned before. And he wanted it. You can't buy the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is freely given. If you could buy the Holy Spirit, rich folk would have had them a long time ago. And all of us that's struggling, we wouldn't have been able to get them. But God says, whosoever will, let them come. And I'll pour out my spirit on whosoever believes in me, as the scripture has said. Let's go to Acts chapter 19. Actually, Acts chapter 10, then we go to 19. And one more scripture, and I am done. Acts chapter 10. You have the, the Jews receive the Holy Spirit in, in Acts chapter 2. Consequently, Mary was one of, the other, one of the 120 who were in the room. And I always say to my Catholic brothers and sisters that if the Holy Ghost was good enough for Mary, then the Holy Ghost is good enough for you. The Jews received the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Samaritans received the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 8. Now we're going to see where the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit. The Jews received them in prayer. The uh, Samaritans received them through the laying on of hands by the apostles. Acts chapter 10. A, A man named Cornelius. 
An Italian man is praying. His prayers that come up before God as a memorial. Peter went down to preach because the, the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Acts, chapter 30, uh, Acts 10, verse 34. Then Peter began to speak to them, I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears at him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Jerusalem after the baptism that John announced. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses, there's that word, to all that he did both in Judea and in Jerusalem, that they put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him up on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to those who were chosen by God as witnesses, and who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him uh, receives forgiveness of sin through his name. While Peter was speaking, while Peter was preaching, wasn't no time for no altar call. While Peter was preaching, much like I am, while Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on those who heard the word. Good God Almighty, I wonder who does he want to fall on in this room today? While Peter was speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. The circumcised or the Jews, the Jewish believers who came with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. How did they know they'd received the Holy Spirit? For they heard them speak with tongues. When the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to give you a supernatural prayer language. While some received the Holy Spirit in prayer, the Samaritans received by the laying on of hands. Others received while Peter was preaching the word, the Holy Spirit just descended, and people began to speak in tongues in their seat. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 19. I promise you this is third base. Acts chapter 19. This is third base. I got one more scripture, and then I'm going to get on a witness stand and tell you what I've seen God do around the world. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the inner land regions of Eph and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That's what I want to ask you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? It, whether or not you're a believer, that's, that's not a question, but have you been pushed into the pool? Have you gone all the way in or are you, are you just dangling around the edges? Have you got close enough to stick your feet in? But God wants you all the way in. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said to him, we have not heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said to them, into what then were you baptized? They answered into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in one who was to come after him. That is in Jesus. Remember, not laying again the foundation of baptisms. So he gives, goes through some diagnostic. They said they were baptized into John's baptism. He said, John told you to believe on the one who was to come. Telling them to believe on the one that is Jesus. Verse 5, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Look at verse 6. When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. All, all together, there was about 12, 12 of them. Paul laid his hands on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. I was ministering this same message. I remember I was, in, I was at Ithaca College, and I was ministering to some professors. And I was ministering to them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I realized that God wanted to do more in their lives. There was one young lady who was in the room, and actually the Holy Spirit would have, would have, would have filled them right in the room. But she, she was a little timid. See, sometimes see, what we have to understand is God fills people according to their personality. He fills you according to your personality. In a minute, I'm going to make a call for, for people who want to receive the Holy Spirit to come forward. But some people, their personality is like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go forward. I want to go forward. But if they go home and just get in a place of prayer, if they get in a place of prayer because they're, they're introverts, God will fill them with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me put a pause on Ithaca College. I remember when I was a graduate student at Syracuse University, and I was teaching in a, in a, in a graduate housing to about 30 people who had gathered, 30 students had gathered, and I was teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and there was a, several people who wanted to receive the Holy Spirit, and there was one guy who was a little timid. This guy now, if you want to see him, just go to any Walmart. He's, on, he's, he's one of the models that's used in this advertisement, an African-American guy. He's, I walked in Walmart, and I saw his photo. And I was like, this guy's doing big things. He has a great modeling career. I just took him on the other side of the room, 
behind the door. And I said, you want to receive the Holy Spirit? He said, yeah. I said, when you want to receive? He said, I want to receive the Holy Spirit now. I said, Luke 13 and 11 and 13 says, how much more will Jesus give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I said, just ask him. Say, Lord, give me the Holy Spirit. You don't have to beg him. Just ask him. He said, Lord, give me the Holy Spirit. I said, you want the Holy Spirit now? He said, yeah. I said, lift your hands. Here's what's going to happen. I want you to start to begin to praise God in English. And when I lay my hands on you, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. He's going to give you the ability. You're going to do the talking. I laid my hands on the young man, and within a matter of seconds, he began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave him utterance. The same thing happened in the, in, in, in the professor's office. She was a little timid, so we went back to her office, and she sat at her desk, and I sat in another chair. And, and God fills people many different ways. The way God uses me is when I lay hands on people, people receive the Holy Spirit. I said, give me your hand. She was sitting across from me. I grabbed her hand. I said, you want to receive the Holy Spirit? She said, yeah. I said, Luke 11 and 13 says, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit who asks you? Now, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit, not an evil spirit. So people are like, I don't want the Holy Spirit because I don't know what that is. If you ask Jesus for the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's not going to give In fact, he says, if you all are human and your child asks you for bread, who's going to give him a scorpion? You wouldn't even do that. And because I'm such a good, good father, if you ask me for the Holy Spirit, I'm going to give you my spirit. I grabbed her hand and began to pray for her. And within a matter of seconds, she began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave her utterance, gave her the ability to do it. And from that day forth, she's been just on fire for God. I was in Kingston, Jamaica, ministering the same message. I called people to the front. It was interesting because it was Friends and Family Day. And, and God told me I was sitting on the front row with, with, with the pastors, and, and they started talking about all these people was here. Some people was from the Bob Marley Foundation, and this CEO was there, and this CEO was there. It was Friends and Family Day, and I was like, oh, Lord, I don't know if I got the right message today. These people are not going to understand this. And, and when they begin to tell all these people's names and where they were from, the Holy Spirit said, don't turn around and look at anybody's face. I don't want you to get intimidated by anybody's face because rich people need the Holy Ghost just like poor people do. <laughs> Educated people need the Holy Spirit just like uneducated. Black folk need it like everybody else do. White folk need it. Brown folk need it. Everybody need the Holy Spirit. I began to preach on the Holy Spirit, call people forward. Folks started and just walked uh, uh, across the line and just began to lay hands on people who were who, to receive the Holy Spirit. So many folks I feel with the Holy Spirit. I, I, there were so many people up front, I couldn't lay hands on them. So I just stretched forth my hand and just did what I saw in my spirit. And I just said, receive you the Holy Spirit. It was stadium-style seating. The next day, the pastor, the two pastors were driving me to the airport, the senior pastor and one of the other pastors on staff. The pastor on staff was sitting up in the, up in the, uh, the stadium seating, and they were just talking about the service. And he asked the senior pastor, asked the other pastor, were you there? He said, yeah, I was there. He said, let me tell you something. I've been in church before. But I have never, here's where he, this were his, these were his words, I've never had a rushing mighty river come out, out of me and I was speaking in other tongues. You don't need nobody to lay hands on you. All you need is some faith. All you need is to believe and get your head out of the way that God will give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him for it. All you got to do is get your head out of the way. How much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Luke 11 and 13, how much more? How much more? How much more? You know who I like praying for the most? I like praying for little kids. Because little kids, they know how to get their head right out the way. And that's how we got to come before God. Some of us are too smart for our own good. That's how we got to come before God. I've been praying with a little boy. It had to be about eight years old. And he said he wanted to receive the Holy Spirit. I said, all right, God's going to give you the Holy Spirit. I was praying with him. And he, he just lifted his hands and he said, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, let me tell you this. You can't speak two languages at the same time. Either you're going to speak in your heavenly language or you're going to speak in the language of, the, of your native language. And I said, do you believe God's going to give you the Holy Spirit? He said, yeah. I said, do you want the Holy Spirit now? He said, yeah. I said, okay. Since you insist on speaking in English, here's what you're going to do. You're going to give me three good hallelujahs. You're going you're gonna to shout it out to the top of your lungs. And I looked at him, and, and we spoke a word of faith over him. We said, and the fourth time you open your mouth, God's going to fill you with the Holy Spirit because he's going to respond to your faith. Let me tell you something. That little boy said, hallelujah, hallelujah. The third time he got there, I could tell something was changing on the inside. Oh, when he opened up his mouth out of his belly, began to flow a language that he had never, ever heard before. And God is no respecter of person. What he did for that young boy, he'll do for you. 
What he did for that young boy, he will do for you. I want to ask you a question. In my conclusion, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? All it takes is three minutes. One minute for you to make up your mind. One minute for you to walk down this aisle. And one minute for you, for God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Here's what I'm going to do. Is it, is it okay? If you here and you want to receive the Holy Spirit, I want you, all it takes is three minutes. One, your mind should already be made up. God is no respecter of person. Do you, do you know that song, uh, Holy Spirit, You're Welcome Here? Yeah, we're going to sing that because we're we just going to let them saturate us for a minute. Some of you, I'm, I'm going to pray for some of you all. Some of you, before I even get to you, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you, and you're going to begin to speak in tongues, and it's just going to flow right out of you. You're just going to start praising God in, in, in whatever language you speak, your, your primary language, and the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And when he begin to change your words, don't, you, don't, don't fight him. Just flow with him. Just flow with him, and he's going to revolutionize and radicalize your prayer life. Your life will never be the same again. It, this ain't about the person sitting next to you. This is about you and Jesus. Jesus want to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He wants you to be filled. He wants you to be all the way in. I believe that there are some people who, who push their head out of the way. Does, he still, does God still do it? You best believe it. You best believe it. Does God still heal? He heals and he fills. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you got the nerve to walk down this aisle and come to this altar, I got the faith to believe that God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you got the nerve to walk down, if he's speaking to you, and I know that he is, and I know that he is, and I know that he is, I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to wait for you. I feel his spirit moving right now. I feel his spirit right now. I feel his spirit right now. I feel his spirit right now. Thanks for listening to the Salem Tabernacle podcast. For more information about us, including gathering times and our location, check us out online at salemtabernacle.com.